Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Well, on this episode of Mike Drop, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to tell you why it is time for the Pittsburgh Steelers to fire Mike Tomlin, or at least move on from Mike Tomlin. I'm Mike Osti, and this is Mike Drop, made possible by the Believe Network and also available everywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Tune in, Google Play, etc. You can also find me on social media. The graphic down below gives that away. And if it has to be a parting of ways, if it has to be a mutual understanding, if it has to be letting him make the decision and to step down, and it should be with respect for sure, but whatever it has to be and however it has to be done, It is time for the Pittsburgh Steelers to move on to the next chapter, the next era of Steelers football, maybe putting away the Steelers' way that many will tell you is falling on deaf ears. Former Steeler great Ryan Clark, who's now a media, he let it be known on McAfee's show that zero people (laughs) are appreciating the Steeler way these days. Zero. That's the number he threw out there. Zero. Not even just players, but people around there. You're in the facility in the Steeler way. It makes you roll your eyes. That's according to Ryan Clark. And I've been in that facility. I know those people he's referring to. There might be some. It might not be zero. There might be some still appreciating it and still understanding it. That might be an exaggeration. But there absolutely are people in there right now that do roll their eyes at the Steeler way and do know. It's time, whether they want to say it or not. And I think a couple things need clear, need to be made clear when somebody says it's time for the Steelers to move on from Mike Tomlin. And I don't think it's absurd for it to be a firing. If you finish out the year with a losing record, if you finally do have that first losing record under Mike Tomlin, even though, yeah, kudos to him, it's always been a winning record while he's been presiding over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Certainly if you miss the postseason with how cluster you know what it's been throughout the AFC and the NFL this year with all these injuries to key players and that's continuing on the division certainly open for you when Burrow went down when Watson went down yeah Lamar's still doing his thing with the Ravens but they're even vulnerable too and those games are in front of you you no longer have to worry about a Patriots dynasty and Tom Brady This is a year that certainly the Steelers, at minimum, should be a postseason team. Even with the injury now to Kenny Pickett and dealing with what they're dealing with at quarterback. There's enough room to get in the postseason. So you miss the playoffs, you have a losing record. Any of those things occur, and this season spirals the way it's currently spiraling as I'm speaking to you here in early December, still before Christmas then you need to move on. And I honestly believe that even, and we've seen this before, we've seen this fish before, we've smelt it before, and we know the result. We know how it will eventually smell. 
Tomlin could easily have this team turn it on. And despite Pickett not playing, galvanize the troops. He galvanizes better than anyone and crawl into the postseason and lose right away in the first round. Or just finish out a game shy and the national media will then say, well, he had to deal with everything he had to deal with. So it's amazing that Tomlin even pushed it that far after the losing streak. Well, let, let's not forget the losing streak. Let's not forget why I'm saying what I'm saying now, why many of my colleagues and many fans out there are saying the same thing, including many who have been defending Tomlin for years, myself included. I've always defended Tomlin and his legacy because I do feel like it's disrespected too often by Steeler fans. And if we were talking four or five years ago, there was many that wanted to jump off the ship then. I thought that was way too soon. And there were many reasons to keep him then. But we've now seen the end of Ben. We've now seen the Kenny Pickett era. And you can say he didn't pick this player. You're wrong. He was in love with Kenny Pickett. He wanted this player. He talked about watching him at Pitt and sharing the facility and how he got a bird's eye view of this player. Meaning he saw him more than anyone else in the country saw him outside of the people at Pitt. And he wasn't intentionally watching practice. He wasn't there on the sideline, but he was always watching, even if from far away. And he always loved what he saw. Certainly those last couple years at Pitt. You can argue prior to that, maybe he didn't like it or he wasn't watching because Pickett took a while to get going at Pitt and then became a Heisman candidate. And yeah, Pickett struggling so far in his NFL career and now hurt and Matt Canda could be blamed. He was eventually fired. But all of this goes together and all of this just brings up the overlying point that still exists that maybe has existed for years, but everyone's now coming to terms with it's just time and it's eventually time for everyone. So the points that need made here on this show that I'm going to make for you that I need you to really soak in and digest and realize are true. Mike Tomlin is and going to be a Hall of Famer. That is not really a debatable issue, okay? When someone says the Steelers need to fire Mike Tomlin, you immediately get replies and comments of piling on how his legacy is trash and overrated, etc. You can argue there were points in his, in his tenure with the Steelers that he underachieved with tons of talent. You had a Hall of Fame quarterback in Big Ben Roethlisberger. You had, at the time, Le'Veon Bell, who was arguably the best running back in football, also really a solid receiver, which was the entire mess of his contract and what he was arguing. And of course, Antonio Brown, who, like it or not, and I covered him, and I don't like him personally at all. I've been vocal and I'm honest about saying that, but a Hall of Fame receiver, a Hall of Fame talent at the time, the best receiver in football. And he underachieved. Lost that home playoff game. I was there in the press box against Jacksonville. Blake Bortles marched up and down the field. And people blame Todd Haley then. That wasn't Todd Haley. That wasn't relieving the offense. That was the defense. But again, Tomlin made his bones coaching the defense under Tony Dungy, winning a championship under John Gruden with the Buccaneers on the defensive staff. So if the defense is an issue in a big playoff game when you have the horses offensively and you are scoring points, that got to go on you, whether you're the coordinator or not. You're the defensive guy and it all falls below you. But no, firing him then would have been insane off of what he did prior to that. He did win a Super Bowl. He did go to another. Division titles, playoff appearances, winning seasons, always a contender. And did it during an era that, of course, had the greatest coach of all time, certainly resume-wise, and Bill Belichick and the greatest quarterback of all time 
in Tom Brady and maybe player if you can somehow equate that since it's really impossible in football, dominating and owning the conference, if not the NFL. So you look at all of that. You look at who's in the Hall of Fame. You look at Bill Cowher getting in with a very similar resume. You look at Tony Dungy again in with a very similar resume. Tomlin's going to get in the Hall of Fame. The wins are there. The title is there. The playoff success, not much recently, and I get only three playoff wins in so many years here, a decade plus. But overall, enough for who's in. If you want to argue that Tony Dungy shouldn't be in, maybe you want to argue Bill Cowher shouldn't be in. I'm sure Steelers fans won't want to do that. If you want to argue into Jimmy Johnson because it was a small chunk of time and not over a long period of time because of his thing with Jerry Jones despite the two rings. If you want to argue that if you're going to put Tomlin in, Mike Holmgren should be in with two appearances in one ring and the coaching tree that he then populated and his success with Brett Favre and then Seattle. Sure. Mike Holmgren probably should be in based on the landscape. I could argue Dan Reeves back in the 80s, despite not winning a ring, should be in. Three Super Bowl appearances and built up John Elway, etc. A lot of wins. Yeah, probably should be in if you look at the overall resume. Okay. Schottenheimer, a Hall of Famer, got to put Tomlin in. Again, that's a guy without even a Super Bowl appearance. Tomlin has two in the championship. So, yes, it was early in his tenure, and yes, not nearly enough since, and yes, he did underachieve with talent, and he also had years where he coached him up. The Mason and Duck year, Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, we can debate all day and who was better, and by the way, it was Mason back then, although it's irrelevant. Nobody thought they would do anything with either one of those guys if it wasn't been that year. It was over. It was sunk. And yet he took them to a game shy of the postseason with those two guys at quarterback. And if it was the current format, if it was the current amount of teams getting in that are getting in now, they would have been in the postseason in that year, in 2019. As weird as that was and how really not great any of them were, despite clipping off wins and doing enough to almost get in. That's a feather in Tomlin's cap, despite not winning coach of the year. So again, he has sometimes, which is what the national media likes to drill home, he has sometimes overachieved with less, certainly the Mason and Duck year. He overachieved with less to even be close to the playoffs, to be knocking on the door with those two a quarterback. Got to go credit to Tomlin. Got to go credit to coaching, whether it's Tomlin on down. But also years where he underachieved with talent. Again, the Triple Bs don't even get into a Super Bowl. That is disappointing. For sure. But overall, resume-wise, Tomlin's a Hall of Famer. That needs out of the way. So I do believe, again, it is time to move on. It is time to part ways. You can do it with respect and let him move on. You can try to finagle a trade and get him to the Washington, maybe, where he maybe would want to be. If you get draft picks, sure, even though that's rare in sports history and hard to do, certainly. We've seen it before, though, with John Gruden. However you want to do it. And I'm not in any way saying disrespect him. I think it's not disrespectful to fire a coach, even if you're legendary. I'll get to that in a moment. But you do what you got to do, and you bring him back many years later. You put him in the Hall of Honor. He's going to be in Canton, as I just talked about. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Mike Tomlin will be a Hall of Famer, whether you like it or not. But that doesn't mean it's not time. Because somebody's a Hall of Famer off resume, which is an overall body of work career, doesn't mean you don't eventually pull the plug on them. Does not mean you don't eventually turn the page. It does not mean that anybody in sports history, we're talking goats to legends 
to icons, to Hall of Famers, to All-Stars, etc. Deserves a lifetime contract. With any team or franchise, no one. No one deserves it. No one's ever got one. And it certainly shouldn't be Mike Tomlin getting the first. He has a de facto one. He's had a de facto one of a lifetime appointment. But we're talking legends presiding over dynasties, including one of his era who's beat him plenty and the reason why he only has one ring, and that's Bill Belichick, on the hot seat under fire. And I'm not even talking about just media. I'm talking about fans in New England. And yeah, Brady won without him. And you can say, okay, that is a hit on Belichick's legacy. But if it wasn't for Belichick, Brady wouldn't have been what Brady was early in his career. They wouldn't have won those rings before Brady really became elite and became the MVP candidate. Brady certainly is is a legendary player and proved he can do it without Belichick. But Belichick helped him get there. So they, they do work hand in hand. Belichick still won six rings and all the other Super Bowl appearances as well, had an undefeated regular season, okay, a contender all the time, and people at one point thought he couldn't do it without his coordinators, Romeo Cannell and Charlie Weiss, and he certainly won tons and championships since then. So his legacy's in stone. He's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. He is arguably the greatest coach of all time, arguably in sport, let alone the NFL doing it in the era he's done it in and not with just the same roster like a Chuck Knoll or any other from Don Shula, Lombardi. These are football examples, but you can go to other sports as well where they just had the same roster and clipped them off year after year after year. Same roster, players couldn't go anywhere before free agency, etc. No, this was a different Patriots team. Key parts were different in every season, certainly the title years. And yeah, Brady was there for all of them, but yeah, the Randy Moss year, the greatest single season ever, undefeated regular season. That's the best team he coached, despite not winning a Super Bowl. And the rings were with Dion Branch and Troy Brown as the top receivers, and Randy Moss didn't win. Like, that's what is a feather in the cap of Bill Belichick. Why is the greatest coach of all time? Yet, yet, it looks like that tenure might come to an end. It looks like that era can come to an end. It looks like all good things can come to an end. And it's been a couple years where they're down and losing. I know Tomlin's had these winning records, but what are winning records when you lose right away or you're crawling to wins and you're not really that good or you're well overrated or you're not really going anywhere and you're puddling away, you're toiling for a term? What does that get you? So if Bill Belichick, of all people, and his rings can be, and that's as a head coach, by the way, with the six. He also wanted as an assistant. If he can be under fire, and if he can be a guy who maybe will be told to get out of town if you don't want to go and you don't want to do the respectful thing where you step down or we part ways mutually, we're going to have to let you go then. Certainly, it can happen to Mike Tomlin, a contemporary, also a Hall of Famer, with, with a far lesser resume, certainly, in the postseason. So that's just a current example. And again, Tomlin's a Hall of Famer, but it can be done. And what I also need to make clear here is, for the people out there that say, okay, the grass might not be greener. You might go from winning nine games and crawling in to winning six or seven. And I know a lot in the national media want to say, 
he'll be hired in five minutes, maybe even two minutes. The second you do fire him, every other team in the league, with the exception of a few, will chomp at the bit for Mike Tomlin. Still a relatively young man, certainly much younger than Bill Belichick. If he's available, you figure many more years left of full vigor trying to get it done and winning another one. He's motivated, if it it sounds from press conferences and podcasts, that he wants to keep going. He's not trying to quit. Why let him go to somebody else when you know he'll get there? Here's my response to all of that, because we've been hearing it for years, and I maybe agreed in the past, but I don't anymore. And I don't think it's valid anymore, to be honest. Number one, again, as I said, no one, certainly not a coach, should have a lifetime appointment anywhere. No one has. And Mike Tomlin's resume, while a Hall of Famer, does not command him being the first. We've seen examples throughout the NFL, throughout sports history, and we can lean at the NFL because every league is different, every sport is different, sure, but I'm going to give them to the ones off the top of my head and you know, give them all to you that I think are relevant here. And there's a football one that's more relevant than any other, and you've you've heard and seen this already brought up by me and others. And the immediate reply to that, the immediate mic drop response to saying, you can't do it, he's a Hall of Famer. You might go from nine to six. You might have a losing season. You might step back before you can step forward again. Oh my God, he'll be hired in five minutes. The response, Andy Reid. The Philadelphia Eagles, they did it. They eventually said, it's time, Andy. You took us to a Super Bowl. At the time, it was only our second Super Bowl appearance in our franchise history. Okay, in 04 with T.O. That was only the second one at the time. You took us to all those NFC title game appearances. Yeah, maybe you should have been in more Super Bowls. You kind of lost some of those as an underdog, as a, to an underdog, as a favorite. But regardless, you took us to a Super Bowl, all those NFC title game appearances. We always were a contender. We had McNabb. He's not Ben. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not going to get in Canton someday. So you were doing it without a Hall of Famer. You got T.O. Didn't even play in the playoffs, though, but he's obviously a legendary Hall of Famer. Got a great defense. Helped us get to a Super Bowl and lost only to the Patriots dynasty. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Success, consistent success. And that was still going on, but it was getting stale. And it was years removed from that Super Bowl appearance. And another Super Bowl appearance didn't look like it was in sight at all. The fans were getting restless. It was stagnant with the Eagles. Okay, it was boring. It was stale. It was time. And Andy Reid didn't fight it. He's been public saying that he was in his feelings a little bit. Okay, he didn't want it to be time. But they tapped him on the shoulder and said, Andy, you know, someday we're going to put you in our Hall of Fame. We appreciate what you did. This resume, we're not throwing it in the garbage can. It's not going to be trash. We're not going to shred it. It's there. You're only one of two men in our franchise history at the time to lead us to a Super Bowl. The other one is another guy who has a Hall of Fame resume. But you even did more. Leading us to championship game appearances, making us contender, making us relevant, and and putting us on the map in a way after we kind of fell off after Reggie White a little bit and Randall Cunningham, etc. We had some lean years in there before you took us over. 
and you made us a contender year after year and made us proud to be Eagles. But not right now. We got to change it up. We got to shake it up. We want to do something else. We want to turn the page and go another direction. As happens in sports with coaches of any level, in any league, your voice is getting stale in here. We got to tap you on the shoulder. You're done. And I get it. They brought in Chip Kelly, and obviously that didn't work out. It was a short tenure. They knew right away that wasn't going to work, and that's on and off the field mess. He had to leave. Okay, for a while, it's seeming like maybe they jumped the gun on Andy Reid. You do have to take a few steps back before you can go forward again when you're turning the page. Andy Reid got hired by the Chiefs. And at the time, it was like, okay, the Chiefs hired him. That's an historic franchise. They haven't won in a long time. Uh, they haven't really been relevant since Joe Montana was there at the end of his career. You had Tony Gonzalez that tenure, but, you know, Trent Green was there. They would just lose right away in the postseason, even if they clipped off rings in the regular season. That's kind of, it was it was a large fan base, but it, no one when he took that job said, the Chiefs are winning a championship. They're going to be a dynasty. What happened? And yeah, it took several years. You had to get through Alex Smith, et cetera. And he was good, but he wasn't great. And they had to get Patrick Mahomes and had to benefit from another franchise passing on him. And who know who knows out of college he's going to be what he was. I mean, he couldn't even beat West Virginia, as I uh, jokingly wink, wink there, covering the Big 12. But he gets out of the Big 12, gets to the NFL, and arguably becomes another GOAT. Maybe the baby GOAT. Maybe on path to be the greatest quarterback of all time and be the most accomplished as well. He's on that trajectory and still so young and still getting it done, and they're still a contender because of him. He's already won two Super Bowls, been to three, MVP, of course, very, very young, and right now still one of the best in the game. Even if he's not, he's not going to win MVP this year, but he's playing at a level year in, year out, with Tyreek Hill there early on, and then without Tyreek Hill, his numbers are even better, and they win again. He's proven himself, and it wasn't just Patrick Mahomes. You get Travis Kelsey, you get a defense, but it's not like there's Hall of Famers all over the defense or even Hall of Famers at running back or besides Hill, Hall of Famers at receiver. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are the two Hall of Famers. And then Andy Reid's the other one as head coach. And he didn't inherit Patrick Mahomes immediately upon taking the job. He got him later and then built it all up and coached him up and went from I'll coach McNabb, who's a Hall of Very Good player, to now watch me coach a Hall of Famer who might be one of the greatest of all time. Look at this roster. Look at these studs. Look what I'm going to do here for the historic Chiefs that had not won a championship since Super Bowl IV. He gives them two more, a modern championship for the Chiefs fans to appreciate. Turns them into a dynasty now that's just rare to happen and achieve in pro sports these days, really anything with the way rosters change so much. Certainly the NFL is not built for that with parity, but the Chiefs are doing it. They have a mini dynasty cooking right now. Andy Reid's the leader. So the moral of that story is the Eagles, despite knowing Andy Reid's a Hall of Famer and appreciating his legacy, eventually tapped him on the shoulder and said, Andy, it's time. He didn't want to go, but it's time. And Andy Reid had actually better success after leaving Philly. His greatest success is now as the Chiefs head coach, despite adding it to what he did as, as the Eagles head coach. And now he's one of the greatest coaches of all time when you put it together. And what do the Eagles do? Yeah, they had to get through the slop of Chip Kelly, but once they did, you get Doug Peterson. You're now even a coach removed from him. They've been to two Super Bowls since Andy Reid and 
they won one. They didn't with Andy Reid. They didn't before him. Since Andy Reid, they won a championship. They won the only championship, the only Super Bowl title in their franchise history. The Philadelphia Eagles lifted the Lombardi Trophy for the only time with a head coach not named Andy Reid. Okay? Would that have happened if they didn't tap him on the shoulder? So the Eagles had great success eventually. Andy Reid had great success, even more than Philly still. You could bring it up that maybe he did more, but still, bad or better, better QB, and regardless, the Eagles did win a championship. But they said it's time. Got stale here for us and you, and we both benefited. Big time. Big time. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, people don't look at him as a Hall of Famer like Andy Reid, and I'm not in any way saying he has a resume or legacy of Andy Reid by any means, but he did win a championship with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers hasn't even got back or won a championship since that one early on with Mike McCarthy, by the way. And a Packer franchise, there are tons of championships, but if we're talking Super Bowl titles, we're talking, you know, just four of them. We're talking the one with Rodgers, the one with Favre, and then the two, the first two years of the damn thing when Super Bowls one and two with Lombardi. So, and if you want to get really modern with it, those hardly are the same deal. 30 plus years, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, they got to three, two with Favre, one with Rodgers, and they won two. Mike Holmgren was coach of the one with Favre, and it's after the 96 season when Favre was in the midst of three straight years as MVP. And then, of course, Rodgers being MVP, winning a championship with Mike McCarthy. Beating the Steelers, by the way, and beating Mike Tomlin to connect the dots there. Imagine if Tomlin had two and then we were having this conversation. But Mike McCarthy was eventually ousted, was eventually let go, was eventually told, hey, we're tapping you on the shoulder. It's done. I don't know if they're going to respect him like Andy Reid's respected in Philly someday and Team Hall of Fame and all that, but if you look at the resume, you look at the one championship, you look at the division titles, you're getting close, NFC title appearances after that. And yeah, they squandered some opportunities, but they also lost an NFC title game after him. They've also lost playoff games with Aaron Rodgers without Mike McCarthy. And yeah, Mike McCarthy's also lost playoff games without Aaron Rodgers and without Green Bay, but we'll see what happens this year because he's coaching a team that might have the MVP candidate and right now, is looking really, really good. So who knows what Dallas will do this season as we're speaking. But at the end of the day, Mike McCarthy didn't do the Andy Reid thing and clip off a dynasty and add to his legacy, but he does have the one ring years ago. And <coughs> neither has Green Bay. But they eventually said, it's time. We haven't won without you, like the Eagles did without Reid. But, or since, but... We still had to say it's time. Eventually, <clears throat> everyone has to say it's time. And if you want to go to another sport, I saw somebody bring up Babe Ruth today, talking about Tomlin trying to defend him, saying the Yankees got Babe Ruth, the Red Sox regretted it for a curse of decade upon decades. I mean, it doesn't make sense, obviously, to connect these dots. We're talking about a early 20s, I believe he was 24-year-old player 
who, yeah, argues for the GOAT as a pitcher and a hitter in that era, but a player versus a coach that doesn't connect. And yeah, the Red Sox may have regretted it forever, but that was a money thing and it was stupid and it wasn't a head coach that you're quitting on. And one that's later into his career. But because that was brought up, it made me think, okay, other sports besides the NFL shouldn't be compared because it's different, but you want to go other sports? Okay. Like, for example, I don't want to bring up the NHL because they fire coaches five games in a years all the time, all the time. It's a knee jerk league. Okay. Michelle Terry, when he got removed by, by the Penguins, they had just been to the cup final the next year. He's out of there and yeah, they do go ahead and win the cup. And we know the rest of the story with other, you know, with, other coaches and Crosby and Malkin and what their legacy became. And, you know, we get it, but Michelle Terry, and if that equivalent occurred here, if Mike Tomlin was just in the Super Bowl last year and just lost the Super Bowl, I don't think I'd be saying this. Now, the problem is the lack of playoff wins. The problem is barely getting into the postseason at all. The problem is when you're there, no one thinks you have a chance and you lose right away. The problem is, that you did love Pickett, so he is partly your decision, even though you're not necessarily the GM, and it's not clearly working out. The problem is you were hanging on to your assistant coaches, including Matt Kanda, way too long when everyone knew the writing was on the wall, that that wasn't working out. And you eventually were part of making the decision, but was it really your decision? And were you a guy who hung on to him too long? You could have allowed that to be a scapegoat way earlier. It doesn't look good on you that he lingered, and now your season's going in the tubes. And it could just be time because the whole thing of barely crawling to winning records, getting them, but then knowing nowhere after that is getting old, is getting stale. And we're now well into a new era after the other one ended with different QBs and different rosters and different players up and down. And there's been defensive issues, even though you're a defensive guy, et cetera, et cetera. But if he was just in the Super Bowl, if it was the Michelle Sertarian story for Penguin fans, then no, I wouldn't be saying this. It would be recent success. But the NHL, their knee jerk, they do it all the time. It's not really a comparable thing. NBA, very similar as well. You're seeing coaches get fired, certainly during LeBron's whole career. He was part of that, where you go to the finals with him. That's not enough. You get fired, even though you're an underdog team, because it's LeBron and the Funky Bunch many of, the, many of those years. And then once he got stacked teams and big threes, et cetera, he would clip off championships. But if you take him to the finals and lose, you're gone. And he goes and gets somebody that'll win you a championship or promote somebody or he's part of that. But going to the finals is not good enough. Again, if Tomlin was just in the Super Bowl for that equivalent, I wouldn't be saying this. But one example that I think maybe we can connect, and this goes back to the Babe Ruth Yankee thing as ass nine as that was, and as much as that does not make sense for this, Joe Torrey. Joe Torre with the Yankees. Four world championships. Joe Torre led the Yankees to four World Series titles. And you might sit there and say, well, 27-4, like everyone wins championships when you're the Yankee manager. No, they don't. They won more than anybody else in modern sports. I get it. Okay? A lot of guys do. But a lot of those titles were way back in the day with Casey Stengel and company. And they were just clipping off championship after championship, just owning decades, winning eight of 10. You didn't even have to get in the playoffs back then. The playoffs basically was the World Series. You win your league and you're in. That was it. Yogi Berra has 11 rings. That's 11 playoff series wins, basically. There was nothing before. 
Baseball was like that for 100 years before they kind of got to a championship series, got to a division series, got to wild cards, and now you get eventually to what we see now. But that's all in the last 30, 35 years. That's my lifetime. Prior to that, it was just right in. And they clipped off titles then. Okay. They had the 90s. They had the 80s, which were one of the few decades where they didn't win a championship. They got to one, but they didn't win. And then, of course, this last decade of the 2010 to 2020 period, not even a World Series appearance there, nothing since 2009. We'll get to that in a moment. But Buck Showalter was there in the playoffs, lose to the Mariners, Griffey runs the bases, lose that division series. No, they're not waiting around any longer. They bring in Joe Torre. He wasn't flashy. He wasn't sexy. He already failed as a manager a couple times over. Comes in. Yeah, the money's there. Yeah, it was a major advantage. Yeah, you had Hall of Famers. Yeah, you get Derek Jeter coming up from the minors. Obviously, the roster was there. But he won four World Series titles. Led them to six pennants. Four World Series titles, six pennants. I don't care what the situation is, what the roster's like, and what era it's happening in. That's pretty freaking good, obviously. He's a Hall of Famer, Monument Park. They respect him still. But eventually, in 2007, which at the time was four years removed from the last World Series appearance, their last pennant, was three years removed from blowing an 0-3 ALCS lead. Three games to none advantage over the Boston Red Sox, who came back and broke their curse that I brought up earlier with Babe Ruth, their 86-year drought. 07 was also another World Series championship for the Red Sox. They tap Joe Torre on the shoulder and say, hey, Joe, four rings, six pennants. Yeah, they broke the curse, but that's not exactly just on you. You did a damn good job. We have higher expectations here, though. We got the highest payroll. It's not an even system. We got to keep on winning. We still got Hall of Famers here. We want more. We want another one. These guys are getting restless. At the time, they still had the core of the Jeter, the Posada. That core was still there. Obviously, A-Rod would come. Tapped him on the shoulder. Didn't fire him, to make it clear for anyone who wants to fact check me here. Did not fire him. Ousted him. He was ousted. It was an oust. Because they offered him a contract that was a complete insult, lowballed the man, knew he would turn it down. And then once he did, he's dangling out there needing a deal and doesn't have one with the Yankees. And they parted ways. Like Andy Reid, like people say with Mike Tomlin as a reason you can't do it, he was hired right away, soon after, five proverbial minutes. He managed the Dodgers. That's historic, too. Took him. To an NLCS. They were on the verge, although he never got back to a World Series. Did not ever have that success again, obviously, despite the resume. After even close to what that was. So it's not the Andy Reid thing where he's better after. The odds are that you're not better after, by the way, even though the Andy Reid example is perfect because he was better after and the franchise won after him too in the Eagles and Chiefs. But Joe Torre didn't win again. He got playoff appearances, NLCS. The Dodgers would take years later, eventually, of course, with Dave Roberts to win a championship, and that was the COVID year. they get in other ones, but, you know, outside of that one shortened season, they still haven't won a championship, but they do have that one. Wasn't with Joe Torre, though. Got close. Didn't do it again. The Yankees, though, 2007, 
is when this situation occurred, by the way. You may think now, okay, it's been a while for the Yankees. They haven't even been to the World Series in a long time. They had that 2010-2020 decade, the only decade really of the franchise prior to the night, you know, since prior to the 1920s, once they got going with Babe Ruth, where they didn't at least appear in a World Series and win a pennant. Yeah, that's not good if you're the Yankees, you spend all that money and you're that franchise with those expectations. Because a nine was the last one. But that was two years after 2007, meaning they make the decision in 2007 and you win two years later, okay, with Joe Girardi, who eventually, by the way, was fired. But Joe Girardi won a World Series with that same core that Joe Torre was kind of getting stale with, kind of getting boring with, wasn't getting over the hump with, getting upset in series with, despite more talent and more money spent. They tapped Joe Torre and said, we're ousting you. Bring in Girardi, win a championship. They got one with A-Rod. That's the only one that A-Rod won. Well, the one they even got in with him. And they haven't won since. And Joe Girardi, despite his one championship, another ALCS appearance, another division title appearance, another playoff appearances. And no, they didn't get back and win another pennant, but they were always a contender and always right there and always in the playoffs for the most part. He eventually was let go too, despite that one title. See what I'm saying here? I can go on all day. And another NFLer, this is the mic drop. Tom Landry was fired by Jerry Jones because despite his success in the 70s and five Super Bowl appearances and the two rings and the Steeler rivalry and Roger Staubach and company, he was losing. The 80s weren't the same. They weren't the same for Chuck Noll either, by the way. I wonder what social media would say about the 80s if he had a deal with social media during the 80s. If you're talking about perception and for the people that say Tom was not a Hall of Famer, Tomlin is, Cower is, Noll is. But if the 80s existed for social media, if the, 80, if the social media existed for Cower, you'd feel the same way probably that you do about Mike Tomlin in that regard. But nonetheless, I'll digress here. It's a different rant for the day. Tom was a Hall of Famer, but so was Tom Landry, a Hall of Famer plus even more than Mike Tomlin for his franchise. He was God there. He did the Cowboy thing when it wasn't that before and made them America's team as a champion. And yet, Jerry Jones walked in as a new owner, and yeah, the Steelers got the same ownership, so it's not exactly the same deal there. Bought him with the oil money and said, nope, Tom Landry out with the old and in with the new of Jimmy Johnson brought the swagger from the Hurricanes and college football with his national title, won two Super Bowls, and besides their drama, that was a run that might not be duplicated in terms of that short period of time. They maybe should even have done more with their talent. Obviously, they went with Barry Switzer, so that was how good they were even without Jimmy. But again, if Tom Landry can be fired, if Andy Reid can be fired, if Joe Torrey can be ousted, and if Bill Belichick could be in a hot seat, and these are all true, and there's countless other examples I could bring up here as well, then Mike Tomlin can be in a hot seat. Then Mike Tomlin can be ousted. Then Mike Tomlin can be fired. If Tom Landry can be fired, if Andy Reid can be fired, if Joe Torrey can be ousted, if Bill Belichick can be in a hot seat, then Mike Tomlin can be removed, can be fired, can be told, we got to turn the page, okay? He's a Hall of Famer too. You put him in the Hall of Honor one day, 
you do what you did with Cower, even though Cower wasn't fired, of course. But it's the same deal. And I know you're the Steelers and you never fire a coach. So what you probably do, because you don't want to have that on you, you want to be the Steeler way and be different and be classier. Okay. I could rant about the Steeler way some other day. And we we heard what Ryan Clark said about how everyone rolls their eyes on it. They finally did fire a coordinator midseason, which I didn't think they were due, because that goes against the Steeler way. Why, If you do that, why not this? But moral of the story, if it can be done to others who are also legends and Hall of Famers, it also can be done to you. They also maybe were hired right away as well. Certainly legends and Hall of Famers will with their resume being what it is, even if maybe it's time to end a tenure. The fact that he would be hired with, by somebody else is not a reason to not change course when it's needed. Again, the Eagles did it to Andy Reid. They eventually won. He won later. It worked out for both parties. It can work out for the Steelers, too. And yeah, John Harbaugh is lingering around and was able to stay so long with Baltimore. That's a connect the dots type of example that's always brought up. He has an MVP candidate type quarterback right there who's a franchise guy who can make up for other things in Lamar Jackson. The Steelers now do not in Kenny Pickett. Ben was getting older, was a shell of his former self at the end. And now Kenny Pickett right now is trying to rebuild his, 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 his steam again. Numbers weren't there despite winning a little bit last year. We're seeing some fool's gold now. I don't think he's the franchise guy. I think it was kind of an overrated draft selection from college. Great college does not mean great pro. We'll see, though. They're going to give him more time, of course, and now he's hurt, so you can't judge as we speak. But that quarterback situation, being comfortable with Lamar, if you had that with the Steelers, maybe we could be talking. You don't. And it's partly Tomlin's fault there, too. He wanted Pickett, and it's so far not worked. He wanted to keep Kanda. It didn't work. Eventually, Kanda had to be removed. These are Tomlin things. These are Tomlin things, as well as the brass, too, but they just started with that regime. They just started with that GM. They just started with Omar Khan. They're not going to fire them a couple years in. That would then be ass nine, and that would be knee-jerk, and that's not what the Steelers do. But this is Tomlin a decade and a half in, and many, many moons removed from the championship or even appearance. It could be time. It's been time for others with much more recent success than Tomlin with a handful of playoff wins in over a decade. Now it's time. It doesn't mean if you say it's time to Tomlin that you're disrespecting him. And what you can do is sit him down, try to trade him, tell him to walk away, tell him to take a step and you're just getting frustrated and stressed. Someone else will hire him immediately. Of course, we know that. Have it be a mutual parting of ways. Word it however you want to word it. Have a press release. Have a party. Put a parade up. Put a banner up. Hang another banner. Winning seasons. Write the manifesto for Canton already. Fine. Doesn't mean it's not time. Because it is. It is time. It is time for the Pittsburgh Steelers to finally part ways and if he's resistant, then fire and do the unthinkable for the Steelers, Mike Tomlin. Find me there on social media, of course, at MikeOsti11, and find this and every episode of Mike Drop of my podcast throughout the Believe family of networks, everywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, etc. Subscribe, download, comment, hear, video, on the audio track, wherever you want to comment. It'll help me, of course. I'm always down with responding back if you can keep it legit and keep it sane. But moral of the story, saying it's time to fire a legend or remove a legend, whether it be player or coach, does not mean you're disrespecting them. 
it means it happens to everyone. And that can include and probably should include now Mike Tomlin with the Steelers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.